0: You are listening to the Mary Jane Society podcast, brought to you by Studio 420, a cannabis-friendly marketing agency.
1: I'm your host, Pam Schmiel, marketing director for Studio 420. Cash was the most common way to buy weed before COVID hit. Then everything changed. Stores closed and we were forced to buy online. We went from no one wanting to shop online for weed to everyone having to shop online. But dispensaries were not technologically capable of seamlessly merging retail and e-commerce sales because of issues specific to the industry like compliance and inventory. Today we meet Jeremy Johnson, Head of Business Development at Dispense, a B2B software company that offers a way to merge online sales with retail POS systems. He also explains how Dispense stands out against his competition, the more well-known Dutchie and iHeartJane, and how the industry is ready to use brands, strains, and product names to increase SEO website traffic, not dispensary near me like everyone else is using. Let's meet Jeremy. Hey, Pam. Hey, Jeremy you're in a different uh, location today <laughs> why don't we just start out first with um let's talk about dispense um and if you could just give me an overview of what dispense is that would be a great start
0: yeah uh so dispense is an e-commerce platform built for cannabis retailers or dispensaries um and we are you know dedicated b2b service providers uh so When I say that, um, I mean that we don't have any sort of B2C aspect of our business. Um, We we are not a marketplace where consumers can come to buy cannabis. Um, If you go to dispenseapp.com, you'll just find our marketing website for our software services. Um, And so all we do is we really power the uh, online shopping experience uh, for cannabis retailers and we just live in the background and make it easy for you to sell weed online.
1: <laughs> and how, how do you power the um, e-commerce businesses? Is it just yeah. e-commerce only or retail as well? We
0: have some retail functions um, within our software capabilities as well, um, but we, we power it through uh, a menu integration first and foremost. So we integrate with a handful of different POS providers uh, companies like Leaf Logics, Flow Hub, All Leaves, um, a couple upcoming integrations with COBA and Blaze as well. Uh, and, and then we, we take all of the inventory information and, that is in your POS and then we display it for your online menu. And then from there, we support um, online ordering in the form of uh, curbside pickup, in-store pickup, or delivery and uh, sync with different systems to manage all that. And then you can also do some uh, order management in our system. Um, We do have an in-store kiosk functionality um, as well as customer relationship management within Dispense as well.
1: Um, I mean, you're grabbing the information out of their POS system, you said? Their data? Yeah, yeah.
0: We're, We're not so much enhancing The menus, I mean, we, we are the menu. Um, so we, you know, we, we are powering cannabis retailers, entire menu system. Um, and we, you know, we tap into the rest of their website. Um, so, you know, if you have a standard website for your dispensary, you know, you go to, uh, you know, standard dispensary.com, whatever, whatever the name is, uh, there's always a menu section, and we we power that menu so customers can shop online
1: because it's so much more complicated and changing than a typical uh, website um, between the product drops and you know um, different just different products so you 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 make that easier to maintain. Uh, to update, and then you're pulling the information from the POS system to update the inventory. Is that how it works?
0: Yeah, yeah, correct. So, you know, cannabis is quite a bit more complicated than your standard retail. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get these numbers wrong, but I think in the state of Michigan where I live, the average retailer has something like 2,000 SKUs um, in their inventory and, and your, your inventory is constantly changing, you're adding new things, things are selling out. Um, and then beyond that, you have, you know, cannabis is pretty unique in that you have all these different weight tiers and you also have to ha- be fully compliant. Um, so the, the compliance mostly happens on the POS side and uh, here in Michigan, we, we use um, metric for compliance. Um, but then we, you know, when you're selling online, you have to report that back to the POS. So we take that inventory that you have available in your POS. We display it online. If it gets sold in store, or if it gets sold online, we update it. We send that information back to the POS. And then the, uh, POS communicates all the compliance things with metric or whatever the state tracking system is. Um, and for the, for the most, well, 100%. 100%. Um, it is far more complicated than your standard retail. And that's why you don't see a ton of uh, the bigger players, um, bigger e-commerce players in the space. And that's why you see dedicated cannabis e-commerce software like ours.
1: Right. Okay. I, I totally get it. Is Who is your competition?
0: Our our biggest competition in terms of market share for menus would be Dutchie and Jane. Um, mm-hmm. They, you know, they they have a different business model than us, um, so it's slightly different. But they do have a large share of retailer menus. Um, Weed Maps and Leafly also have a large share of retailer me- menus. And then there are some other B two B dedicated menu providers um, in the space. Companies like Ola, Timber, um, and a few in Canada that I I always forget the names of because like I, I'm not so much in the Canadian market.
1: Yeah. Okay, but but the difference then e- even more differentiating is that these the duchies of the world uh versus you guys is the your clients own their data. Versus Duchy, is that right?
0: To to some extent. Um so you know you theoretically you still own your data when you're using a Duchy or a Jane. Um, the the biggest difference is that they are marketplaces, um, and you don't always have access or full control over your data. Um, you know, they oftentimes, you know, it, it depends on what system you're using. But when you are using a marketplace, they have the ability to leverage your data in ways that you might not want them to. Um, and we we see that happening in other industries besides cannabis, right? You know, you see it with the lawsuits against DoorDash and Grubhub. Um, you see it with retailers on Amazon, with Amazon uh, taking products that sell well on their platform and then just making their own Amazon-bearing products and essentially listing those products above those independent retailers. Uh, so whether, whether it's, um, you know, using... Using customer transaction data to promote other products or to promote in-house products. There's a lot of things that um, retailers in general, not just in the cannabis industry, need to be weary about when it comes to working with marketplaces.
1: Right. I've, I completely forgot about that information. Yeah that that's a that's a big reason. So that's interesting. Okay. Um, so you believe that e-commerce tools and features that are standard and lesser regulated industries are often lacking and sometimes completely missing in the cannabis space. Um, and you have said that online experiences are not fully optimized for search engines and customers. What are we missing um, that, that others are not?
0: Yeah, I, on, on the e-commerce side, the most obvious answer is that most uh dispensary menus right now are powered within iframes um iframes were uh i probably won't get the date exactly right but iframes were a technology invented in uh i think about 1996 uh and it no no other industry is using iframes to power their online menus at this point um, and if they are, they're behind as well. Um, but that that's the big one. Um, you know, iFrames have a, they're, they're great for certain things. Their main purpose is to show content from one website um, inside of another website. And they they can be easy to work with, um, but they are lacking in a lot of things like security um, and then also customization and optimization, so you don't have a ton of customization when it comes to iframes because you're just showing that information from one website onto yours and then you also don't have the ability to optimize those iframes a lot of the times google has a hard time crawling those iframes they can't read what's going on in it and because it's it's you know these frames are javascript based and they're just essentially reloading they're not individual unique pages when you're within an iFrame. So Google also has a hard time following the customer journey. Uh, whereas if you have a true native menu on your website, they can follow that journey from page to page. Uh, you can get deeper analytics and you can understand how your consumer is shopping better. Uh, so a lot, a lot of the things that I talk about that when I say that you know we don't have access to Things that other industries have, it really starts with that like base menu technology. Um, it's, it's like building a house. You know, if you don't build a strong foundation, you're going to have problems as you continue to add on to that foundation. Uh, so it, it really starts with having a, a good foundation on your website and having your menu being fully integrated into your website.
1: Right. So therefore, that's a reason to have you guys versus a Dutchie. Is that?
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know, in, in my mind, one of the, the biggest advantages, um, Dutchie and Jane, uh, to their credit, they both do offer a native menu solution, um, but it's, it's through their a- API. Um, so it's a lot of work on the retailer to build out a custom solution through their API, uh, whereas our solution is fully managed for you and works out of the box
1: okay so so this problem that that we have and that others have solved in other industries um is it is is an iframe when you're building out a website is it is that the fault of the web developer or it's you know, just- I, I
0: think. I mean if you look at when Dutchie and jane were founded um you know i think it was around 2018 for both of them um cannabis e-commerce was not a big deal um, dispensaries weren't really selling online, there wasn't a big focus for it. And so it makes sense that both of those companies started with iFrame products, because they're, they're easy to get up and running. Um, they're, they're very quick. And so, you know, to me, I, I can't kind of consider those iFrame menus, um, you know, MVPs of both of those companies and any other company, you know, they were the minimum viable product to get it out on the market. Um, and it wasn't until the pandemic that cannabis and e commerce and cannabis really took off. So all of a sudden, we went from nobody really wanting to shop online for weed to everybody having to shop online if they wanted to buy weed. You couldn't go into a store because they were closed down. Um, and so it, it, we just kind of hit this weird point in history where the, the product wasn't really needed so much and so it wasn't developed beyond an MVP and then all of a sudden everybody needed it and they all kind of got stuck with the iframes because that's what was available at the time.
1: It's so true it it just seems so natural to shop online for weed now that you don't think <laughs> about it but before this started we were just getting into it I mean in the east coast anyway. Um,
0: yeah and you, yeah, you mentioned the east coast like you know the the west coast and colorado obviously were some of the first to legalize um and they you know even even now if you look at the number of dispensaries in oregon or colorado uh or even washington where online where they have online shopping it's far less than the midwest or the east coast um again the timing just worked out so interestingly where like Michigan, for example, went recreationally legal at the end of 2019. So then all of a sudden, beginning of 2020, these businesses are starting to open. And if they want to if they want to sell their product and, and be profitable, they had to be online immediately. So new industry, all of a sudden, the only time you can buy it is online. Consumers just kind of learn to shop online for cannabis. And cannabis is really the first industry that was born into the digital age, at least legally, right? I mean, the cannabis industry has been around for uh, decades, if not centuries, um, yeah. but but legally uh, it was just kind of thrusted into the digital world. And, and the consumer experience is definitely digital forward at this point for those new states that are coming online now.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, so, uh... So let's talk SEO. I think this is, I I, I love this topic, and I feel like it's just constantly changing, and there's just such, um, you know, niche little tactics and strategies that people can use to drive traffic to their website or their store, you know, their retail stores, and it's it's really it's it's the only it's it's the biggest part of the marketing strategy um but I never thought about product data as an s e o strategy and i know you spoke about this at yeah the cannabis marketing summit in denver so I just was wondering if you could uh talk a little bit about what you mean um about using product data as an s e o strategy
0: yeah definitely um so so right now in cannabis um if you're, if you're looking to purchase cannabis, you know, regardless of the form, um, well, not so much right now, but like uh, previously up until about right now, you were most likely searching for where's the closest dispensary near me. You were going to Google and you were saying, okay, you know, we just became legal in my state. I don't even know where to buy this at. Where, where can I find one? And that was, that was the biggest keyword that dispensaries were fighting for. And it's, it still is to, for the majority um, today, you know, it's, if you look it up on Google trends or SEM rush or any of these other um, kind of keyword um, analytic tools, you'll see that, you know, they've got millions and millions of monthly searches for dispensary near me, or where do I buy cannabis near me or any of those kind of variations. Um, and, And that's, that's totally understandable in a new industry, but if you look at any other industry, you know if I if I need a hammer, I'm not gonna go to Google and, and necessarily type in where's the closest hardware store or ham, hammer store for, for me. You know, I'm I'm gonna go to Google and I'm gonna type in I need a I need a carpenter's hammer or I need you know a specific type of hammer, and I'm gonna find which store near me has that type of hammer that I need, um, especially if it's a specialized thing like like cannabis products are. You know, if I, if I want a specific brand or strain, I'm not just going to look for the closest dispensary because I don't want to waste my time going to that dispensary if they don't have it. Uh, I'm going to go to Google and I'm going to type in where, you know, for me, I love pre-rolls. So I'm going to go and type in, where can I get Jeter pre-rolls in Michigan? Because Jeter just launched here. In my opinion, they're one of the most consistent pre-rolls on the market, and that's what I want to smoke. Um, So I'm going to go to Google, I'm going to type in Jeter pre-rolls near me, and then I'm going to find which, which dispensary has that. But if your menu is not optimized for your products, strains, categories, all those things, those customers are never going to find you, and they might end up on Weed Maps or Leafly and then get redirected to a totally different dispensary. Um, so that that's where the product data can really come in handy on the SEO side.
1: Well, what if another s- dispensary in the area is selling the Jeter pre-rolls? How do you how do you optimize your menu? I guess it's through dispenses. How does how does that work?
0: Yeah, so you know, let's 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 just take an example where you've got two dispensaries near you um, that both sell the same product and both have SEO optimized menus. Uh, so like if you're, if you're using an iframe, for example, and somebody's Googling a specific brand or, or strain, your dispensary is not even going to show up in those search results um, because Google's not associating that product information with you. It's associating it with the domain of whatever marketplace is hosting your menu. So you get, number one, if you're, if you don't have a native menu, you're not even going to show up for brand product or uh, strain related searches. But if you do have two dispensaries that are using SEO optimized or native menus, um, at that point, you know, both of you should be showing up within the first few results page. But then Google is going to look at other factors to determine which results to show higher, um, or even on the Google Maps 3 pack, right? Um, you, you know, everything's moving to mobile first. And so if you Google a certain product these days, sometimes you don't even see the search results. You just see a link to the store and it's like get directions or call. Um, and so really once, once you have your menu optimized for, for products, strains um, and brands, then it's up to you as a, as a company or with your web developer or agency to optimize the rest of your website, to make sure that your schema is set correctly and Google can you you know you're pointing Google to all of your structured data. You have your hours in there correctly, your phone number, your address, um, and then I, other things like making sure that you're getting people to review you on Google. You know you you might you might have a perfectly optimized SEO menu. You might be killing it with your structured data and schema. Everything's in there, but you've got one review on Google. So guess what? Google's going to display. The store with fifty reviews over your one review ahead of you, um, so it, you know product product data is just one part of SEO. There's a whole ecosystem there.
1: Yeah, just um, over to the the product reviews. Do you have any um, like tactics up your sleeve to uh, to get product reviews? I know they're so important. Like how to generate product reviews? Any yeah. So-
0: there's, you know, there's, there's kind of two types of reviews in our world. There's, there's the product reviews that you mentioned, and then there's the, the Google My Business reviews um, that are on uh, your actual Google profile, and people can leave there. Um, in both cases, you know, the, the best way to get reviews is to ask for them. Uh, so there's, there's a couple of different ways to do that. Um, with Dispense, we have built-in product reviews, And after every purchase, we automatically send out an email after a specific amount of time asking for customers to review that product. You know, you can give them 24 hours, you can give them six hours whatever you want to choose there. And then we say, hey, you know, we hope you enjoyed this experience. Uh, If you're comfortable, please leave a review for that product. And then we'll display that review um, on your menu, and then we also point Google to that review. So when somebody Google's a specific product and it comes up in the search results, you see that review right in line with the search results, which is really cool. Oh. Um, yeah, it makes it really it makes it a really nice experience for shopping, especially on mobile. Um, you know, and I think in general the the world is about like eighty five or ninety percent mobile first at this point.
1: Yeah, so I pretty- have to be thinking 80%. about that. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think um, I- then the, the the second one is the Google My Business reviews, which are equally as important, if not more important. Um and same thing you have to ask. And uh in the cannabis world, you know, I, I would say that most of that is either done through a loyalty type program like a Spring Big or an Alpine IQ, or through um, you know. Individually curated email lists, um, and then managed through like a, a Klaviyo or a Mailchimp, um, and that's how most people are asking for reviews on on Google My Business right now.
1: Oh, yeah, just a, a response after you.
0: Yeah, you can if you if you hook it up to like an Alpine IQ, you can a- automate it um, just like you can on our system. So you can say, hey, after somebody purchases a product. I want to give them four hours, and then I want to send them a review, asking an email or a text message, asking for a review on Google. Um, you could do the same thing on Yelp, but obviously at this point, um, Google is is probably the most important one out of all those.
1: Right, and then it it can it can verify that it's a real a real review, so people are,
0: yeah. Google takes care of all that on their end
1: yeah so with all these different um softwares out there if if i was a retailer a retail business owner um i feel like there's so much software with all these different specialties and kind of little overlapping uh programs like you're mentioning the um, alpine iq and spring big have the same uh, features as trying to get you know people to review and things like that um how do you how do you how do you kind of break through that noise to convince people to add on those monthly charges? It's like monthly charge after monthly charge. It just kind of all adds up, and you want to, you know, try to get one software that answers all those. Or
0: yeah, I. Deals I with think whole- in general, um, the the cannabis tech world is still very fragmented. Um, and so it, it's more difficult than other industries, but it's, it's just because we're new, right? Um, we're, we're figuring out what works and we're figuring out the business models that you can apply to the cannabis world. Um, it, you know, there's there's like 85 cannabis specific POS systems in existence right now.
1: That's <laughs> um, cool. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I would say maybe a dozen of those are actually relevant and have a have a solid market share. Um, And so for me, it really starts with the POS system um, and and the rest of your tech stack is built off of that. Uh, and, And so, you know, once you figure out a POS system that you as a company or a person like to use, it's like, okay, now which e commerce platforms integrate with that POS system? Um, and then from there, it's which loyalty programs integrate with both my POS and my e commerce. And once you kind of get that far down the road, you start to really narrow in what your options are. Um, it, and at that point, you know, obviously you're looking for who has the features that I want and need. But then I think you also have to look at, who are these companies and what are their end goals? Um, you know, if, if it is a marketplace company versus a dedicated B2B company, maybe, maybe that means a lot to you. You know, maybe you want full control over your data and you don't wanna be sharing it with a, a marketplace type company, or maybe you don't care. Um, so I, I think, you know, it starts with compatibility and then it goes to kind of features, wants, and needs. And then it goes to what are your what are your larger goals here? How much control do you want? How much control do you need? Um, and and who do you want to align yourself with when you're picking out your technology partners?
1: So it's it kind of sounds like there needs to be some consolidation in the industry to kind of you know pair up and merge your. Um...
0: Your technology in general, I would say, and, and that's happening too, you know, you see a company like Dutchie uh, going and purchasing two different POS systems, Leaf Logics, um and GreenBits. And so now Dutchie can theoretically offer a more comprehensive solution to customers. Um, you see a company like Blaze going out and buying another POS in, in Canada. Uh, so now they have quite a large market share there. Um even even weed maps, you know, they bought Sprout um, and they've just bought Enlighten as well. So you're we're kind of in this phase where like the technology is out there and we're we're going we are going through consolidation right now. Um, companies that might not have a marketing team and don't have the same power but have the same don't have the same reach but have the have great technology, they're getting purchased by these other bigger companies that have more reach. So it, it's starting to you know the, the field is starting to be revealed here um but we still have a long ways to go for sure
1: mm, interesting so what what is dispense dispenses end goal or or even what is the what what is the future of what they want to become
0: yeah uh, you know for us we we're solely focused on e-commerce um you know we have we have no intentions to uh get into the pos space at this point in time And our, our focus is really with our POS partners. Um, We, you know, we, we have our list of what we believe are the strongest players in the POS space. And we just want to be good partners to them and focus on what we do best, which is e-commerce. We, we don't do POS uh, at all. (laughs) So the companies that are doing POS are doing it a lot better than we are, obviously. Uh, So that's, that's, that's really it. It's that simple. It's just do e-commerce and do it well for our retailers.
1: So- <laughs> A good partner. Yeah, yeah. Um, so going back to what when you were talking about optimizing how a native menu will, um, you know, optimizes um, SEO uh, for a business, um, is, is that something you do when you install Dispense? Do you optimize, uh, you know, or I or I guess it, it naturally optimizes when they load up their menu and it pulls it from the POS system and stuff like that. Just all the stuff. That's how dispense works naturally. It's
0: yeah, we, we have a lot of um automatic optimization. Um and but it, it's still there's still some manual parts to it, right? Like on the structured data and schema level, we automatically pull all of your store information, but you do have to enter that store information in. So like you know, if you're if you're a retailer with ten stores, you have to go in and you have to say, here's my store, here's the address for that store, here are my hours for that store, here's my phone number for that store. But then once you enter that in, we're automatically pointing Google to that kind of stuff. Um, and then on the product side, we're automatically again, you know, we're pulling the information from your POS, we're displaying it on our menu, and then we're automatically pointing Google to price, quantity, reviews name brand all those things um we do give you some customization and and to kind of answer your larger question like seo in general is a is a continual process right it's not like it's not like we just automatically do it and then you're one and done yeah you you do have to like continually go in and tweak things Um, so we do give you control to you know set your your description for your products to set your page titles Um, And then you can go in there and tweak different things within your product uh, that will then automatically reflect on Google's end. So, you know, for most of our clients, I would say that, you know, sometimes it is just a one and done thing for them, but some of our savvier clients or clients that work through an agency that does SEO and web design, they're constantly in there tweaking those settings and making sure that they're. As optimized as possible for for those Google search results.
1: Well, I think that's a really good selling point uh, for Dispense. Uh, I mean, SEO is crucial for getting website traffic. You know, in so many different ways, obviously. So, um, yeah. it's just kind of an eye opener to you know. I, I'm new to knowing about Dispense, so I think it's a it's, it's a really good quality uh, selling point to definitely.
0: Yeah, and in and in general, you know kind of back to the one of the questions you asked earlier, um, you know, at the at this point in time, the most search volume is still around things like dispensary near me. But every day, more and more people are becoming brand loyal or strain loyal, and they want specific things. So if you start to look into the search volume for some of these brands that are emerging in the cannabis space, they have 30 to 50,000 plus searches every single month. That's a lot of searches and a lot of opportunity on the revenue side that if you're not optimized for brand strains and products, you're missing out on that. So, you know, we're not, we're not quite at the point where one brand has a million searches per month, but we're, we're getting there where we're in the tens and maybe hundreds of thousands and it's starting to matter a lot more every day.
1: Oh that's so interesting so um from all the data that you're seeing from dispense, do you have any insights for us on the industry? I'm just anything you that's popping in your head
0: yeah I think uh my my biggest one is that that transition that we're seeing right now with people becoming brand and strain loyal and and product loyal you know and you you see it not just in e commerce but um you see it in in retail too you know i mean there's people that only shop at cookie stores, you know, like they, they love cookies that much. Um, they, you know, they just opened uh, cookies just opened a brand new store and they did like a private dinner for their highest, uh, you know, their highest spenders in the Bay area. Like it's, it's crazy how low. Yeah. And, and so like, that's, and that's, that's the thing, you know, a lot, I mean, cannabis at the end of the day is a commodity um and and people can look at it as a commodity and and the price will come down and you know one day we'll probably be buying cannabis like people buy cigarettes in a pack of 20 but brand brand is how you can kind of break out of that commodity level status brand is how you can set yourself apart and be something special to a consumer so that they're willing to pay more and seek out your product over others And, and so for me, that's like where the most opportunity is right now. And that's, that'll probably come on like your concentrate side with like vape pens and and products like that, your flower side with like pre-roll packaging. And then uh, the beverage side with like individual cans or even, you know, at, at some point, I mean, I think with can right now, you can buy four packs, you can go to the dispensary buy a four pack and bring it to a party.
1: Yeah, that's that that's a marketing uh, stick. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. That's 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 really smart because that's that's the lifestyle of, or in the, um, you know, the habit totally. that people that people have. How many states is dispense in?
0: We About- are in just under 10 right now. I can't think of the exact number. We are mostly Midwest, and East Coast at the moment. Um, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Um, and we are about to launch in with our retailer in Florida, and then our first West Coast retailer in Nevada um, pretty soon here as well.
1: Oh, so you're seeing this data all across, you have access to this data, you can just view across these states to see what kind of
0: yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, you know, we see the entire U.S. market, obviously, um, you know, we're not in places like California or Oregon or even Colorado quite yet. Um, so, you know, I when I look at market data, I obviously consider what we're seeing at Dispense. But then I like to bring in data from other sources like your uh, like a headset or a BDSA, um, New Frontier as well. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, I think that kind of goes back to this conversation about like how fragmented the technology is right now. Um, you know, even on a POS level, uh, you know, Leaf Logics might have a huge amount of market share in the Midwest and East Coast, but then trees and blaze dominate California. <laughs> um, right. So it's, it's just very segmented and you have to kind of pull data in from multiple places to get that bigger picture
1: it's so true because you know people in california might favor gummies over the east coast being more you know infused pre-roll you know consumers that's interesting i never thought about that because they right the whole country is so in a silo in a way um yeah
0: yep In, in general you start to as markets mature you start to see a different preference for product formats. Um, so it's, it's all over the place right now because you've got, you know, you've got markets that came online 10 years ago, you've got markets that came on six months ago. So every state is totally different and you have to look at them individually to really understand what's going on.
1: And then all of them for the whole picture, how do you approach B 2 B2B sales and trying to reach the B2B community?
0: Yeah, um, so for, for me, um, I work less with like our individual sales and, and retail accounts, but I, I work more on like a, like I, I primarily work with, again, our POS partners, um, lo- any ancillary text so like loyalty, email, text messaging, and then I would say primarily my focus is really on our agency partnerships. Um, You know, the the agencies out there that are doing web development and SEO and digital marketing for cannabis companies, cannabis retailers specifically, those are some of the most important relationships in my world. Um, Those are the people that are building the websites, they're doing the organic search campaigns, they're doing the paid campaigns, and they don't have the tools with the current e-commerce software out there to do their jobs efficiently. Um, and that, that's the world I came from too. You know, I did, about, I did about seven years in agencies, building websites and mobile apps for other businesses. Um, and so when I when I kind of made the transition over to cannabis technology um, and I, while, while I was doing the software thing, I was doing cannabis on my own, as well as more of a hobby as a, a caregiver here in Michigan. So it was, it was cool for me to merge both of those things. Um,
1: Oh but, that's
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah so it was you were a, had a really cool yeah, Michigan had a cool medical system where anybody could kind of be a caregiver. Um but but the the my focus is really on working with those agencies to provide them the tools to fully leverage the data that their retailers are getting. Um because that that data has not been accessible to retailers or agencies with the current suite of tools. And they've been limited in how they've been able to leverage it. And so those are the people, the agencies are the people that get it right away. They know how to use that data and they know how to leverage it from their experience in other industries. And that's where we see the most traction with a, with a lot of our products.
1: Right. I I, honestly, I can't wait to bring it up to our web uh, design team and and let them know about this. I'll have them listen to the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It was really informative and I'm I'm kinda of, I'm really glad I stumbled uh, on dispense. And also, like I had mentioned to you previously, is just following you on LinkedIn. I feel like you're promoting the company, you know, just based on the knowledge that you're sharing in a in a non-salesy way that really kind of grabbed my attention. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's important. I mean, so many of these cannabis owners. Uh, on the retail i mean in every part of the business but retail especially like they they don't know digital right like they they were they were medical growers or they were legacy growers and they just want to grow and sell weed (laughs) um yeah yeah they don't really want to deal with all the other stuff and they they, i mean just knowing how to grow is crazy in itself you know so um you know it, it helps to have that like Full service ability. Um,
1: um, and then marketing, I feel like the money just comes last. Yeah,
0: it, it definitely like, does right now. It definitely yeah. does. And that's, that's one of the, you know, like on, on our end with like the native menu stuff, like we offer a native menu out of the box for with like, you know, barely any setup for $500 per month per store. Where like, like if you go and you try to look at like doing a native menu with Dutchie's or Jane's API. Um, right off the bat, I think they're charging something like 1500 a month um, to have access to that API. And then on top of it, you're paying for a web development agency, like you guys to build out a custom solution using that API. So you go from, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month to a couple thousand dollars per month, just for the services and then on top of it you might have a 30 or 40 thousand dollar custom development project that you got to pay for and that's just like for a lot of these companies that's just like unreasonable and not gonna happen
1: Mm -hmm. i know it's not gonna happen yeah and and adding to all that is the complication of all the fragmented technology that's powering this and that's needed because we are a complicated industry so it's it's just a big mess so Well, I want to add this last part in there because that's also a really good selling point as the, you know, economics of putting dispense onto your, um, adding dispense to your website. Um,
0: yeah. I'm, not, I'm not quite sure, you know, last, I think last I checked on the competitor prices, that's what it was around, but I don't, don't quote me on the competition prices. I don't, yeah. I don't know what are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it just basically, it's, it's more money. It's a lot more money.
0: Yeah. And then the is.
1: the we money, make, yeah. And the money that you'll make up in your SEO strategies by driving people to your traffic would hopefully make up for the, uh, for any monthly, you know, payments that you have to put out there. So anyway, Definitely. all right, well, cool. Thank you so much. Right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it.